Amen. Anybody seen the movie 1917? Anybody? Okay, a couple of you guys have seen it. Anybody planning on seeing it? Okay, a couple of you. All right, well, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to give it away, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about what it's about. You know, Allied forces during World War I were planning to attack German forces. And while the Germans were in retreat, uh, they found out they weren't in retreat. The British aerial reconnaissance showed otherwise. The Germans were not in retreat. They were actually ready to attack and destroy. But they couldn't get the message out. They couldn't communicate it back to the British commander. The field telephone lines were cut. Uh, they think maybe the bombardment of the, of the German planes. So what did they have to do? You who saw it, what did they have to do? They had to send out what? Messengers, runners, to communicate, because communication is that, that important. If they did not get the communication, about 1,600 lives would be lost. Okay? There's a common military phrase, communication is half the battle. Say that with me. Communication is half the battle. Let me tell you something. That's true of marriage. That's true of raising children. That's true of work. That's true of everything. And that, that's true of the Christian life, too. Let me tell you right now. Communication uh, is a matter of life and death in that movie 1917. Communication can be the difference between victory and defeat. And that is the same thing that is true for us as Christians. Communication is absolutely vital. Now, what kind of communication? I'm talking about communication with central command. Communication with who? With God. If you are not in communication with God, you are on dangerous ground. If you are not in constant communication with God, throughout the day, every day, you're on dangerous ground. And I want you to understand, we have an enemy that wants to disrupt our communication. He wants us to be overwhelmed in life. He wants us to be too busy with life. He wants us to be distracted in this life. Are we ever distracted in this life? Oh, yes, we are. Are we ever overwhelmed in life? Yes, we are at times, okay? And when we're not communicating with God like we should be, we're going to be overwhelmed with hurt, anger, bitterness, frustration, confusion, worry, doubts. If we're not in constant communication talking to our Heavenly Father, we're going to be in trouble. Now, communication is so important, it's listed in Ephesians chapter 6 with the armor of God. If you have your Bibles, turn to Ephesians chapter 6. We've been studying it, and tonight is the last night we're going to look at this portion. Pilgrim, Christian, traveling to the celestial city, has stopped at a palace called what? Anybody remember? Beautiful. The Palace Beautiful, which represents the what? Church. The local church. And this is a place to be refreshed and encouraged. And so he's in the local church. He's in the Palace Beautiful. And they take him to all these different rooms. They finally take him to the armory. And there they outfit him with the armor of God. Because life is dangerous for a Christian. It's hard going through this life. And they gird his waist with truth. And they give him the breastplate of righteousness. And they shot his feet with the gospel of peace. And take up the shield of faith. And that's foolproof against any attack the enemy throws at you. And put on the helmet of salvation. Cherish your salvation. And swing that sword of the what? The Spirit, use the Word of God. And so it looks like Christian is ready to march out of the palace beautiful and take on this world. Except there's a common phrase that is repeated twice in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11. Put on the what armor? The full armor 
verse 13, therefore take up the full armor. So it looks like he has the full armor. It looks like everything's taken care of, but he doesn't. Because something that is left out in many people's lives, in many Christians' lives, to their own peril, is the importance of prayer. Later, Christian will say these words, or will read these words about him. He betake himself to another weapon called all prayer. All prayer. Look at Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 18 tonight, as we pick up the end of this passage. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints and pray on my behalf that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador and change that chains and that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. What's interesting is that prayer seems to keep the rest of the armor well oiled. There's an old hymn, Stand Up for Jesus. Stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you. You dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor. Put what? Each piece put on with prayer. And that comes right from this passage. Thinking about putting on the armor, spending time in prayer every single day and spending time in prayer with God. So let's look at this. To live in victory, number one, pray. It's number one. It's pretty simple. Look at verse 18. <laughs> With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. So he uses two different words. He says prayer. This is a more general requests, big picture requests. Okay. You saw an insert in your prayer bulletin tonight. We're going we're to pray about sanctity of human life in our nation. That's a big thing we need to pray about. Okay. Um, and then he mentions petition. These are specific requests. So he says, I want you to pray in big general things, but I also want you to get into to the details. See, there's no such thing as pettifoggery when it comes to prayer. <laughs> you say pettifoggery. Who, who, anybody know what that is? Uh, did you see who used it? Did you see it? It's in the, it's in the news. Uh, John Roberts, the chief justice used it. He, he, he went after both sides and he said, I don't want any pettifoggery. <laughs> Everybody's like, what? It's when you're overly involved in the minutia and the details that really don't mean anything. Can I tell you something? There's no such thing as that with God because he wants to know about the details. He wants to know what's going on in your life. Is there anything too small you can take to God? Nothing. There's nothing too small for you to take to your heavenly father. So please remember that. Now, what did Jesus say about prayer? It's an expectation. Let me just give you some verses. In Matthew chapter 6, greatest sermon ever preached, Sermon on the Mount. Chapter 6, four times. Verse 5, when you pray. Verse 6, but you, when you pray. Verse 7, and when you are praying. And then verse 9 through 15, pray then in this way. Notice the first three times, what does Jesus say? When, when, when. What is God expecting you and me to do? He's expecting us to pray. Guys, we need to pray. It is an expectation from our Savior that we will be in constant communication with central command. So to live in victory, you got to pray. How? Pray constantly. Look at verse 18. Pray at what? All times, always. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5.17 teaches the same thing. Pray without ceasing. 
So constant communication with God, constant awareness of his presence, pray without ceasing, pray at all times. It's, it's to be like breathing. It's not supposed to be, I walk around, oh, no, but just constantly communicating with God. That's what we're supposed to be doing throughout the day. So is there ever a wrong time to pray? No, there's never a wrong time to pray. So pray privately. Pray publicly, pray with other people. That's what we're going to do in a little bit. Pray spontaneously. Have organization to your prayer. You can lay it out on a calendar, who you pray for and what days. And you can pray that way and pray, like I said, spontaneously. Pray at home. Pray while you're walking. Pray while you're grocery shopping. I, I pray when I'm running. Just pray. Keep praying. So to live in victory, we must pray. We must pray constantly. Third, we must pray in the spirit. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the spirit. What does that mean? Well, first of all, unspiritual prayers don't go past the ceiling. If they're not from God to God, God will not listen. A spirit-filled prayer is a prayer that comes from an obedient life. If, I, if, if I'm disobedient, God tells me he won't hear. You know, my, he says our iniquities, you know, divide us from him. Um, so, so we've got to take care of sin or God's not going to hear. One of the things that always grabs me is, I think it's 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, when he's talking to husbands. And he says, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way as with someone weaker and grant her honor as a fellow heir of the grace of life so that your prayers will not be hindered. Gentlemen, please listen. If you don't treat your wife the right way, is God going to listen to your prayers? No, that scares me to death. <laughs> So that tells me I need to be gentle with my wife and kind with my wife and caring with my wife. And she's an unreasonable woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I have, to, I have to understand that's my calling as a husband, all right? That's not always easy, guys. But God says, if you don't get this down, I don't listen to your prayers, okay? So pray in the spirit. And what else does that mean? It means according to the will of God. So it's, it's my motives have to be checked. Why am I praying this? So I pray according to the will of God. That's why we are told in scripture to pray in Jesus's name. Is it some magic formula we throw at the end of a prayer? No. When you pray in Jesus name, it means I'm praying according to the will of the Lord. I'm praying by the authority of the Lord. I'm praying in the power of the Lord. I'm praying according to his will. I'm praying for his glory. So when you pray in Jesus' name, that's what it means. I'm praying for his glory. I'm praying for his will. I'm, it's because of what he would want. That's why we pray that way. But we do have a great promise because sometimes we don't know how to pray. You ever been like that? You're so overwhelmed in life. You don't know how to pray. You're just so distraught. Romans chapter 8, 26 and, and verse 8, 26 says this. In the same way, the spirit also helps our weaknesses for we do not know how to pray as we should. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. So even in those times when we don't know how to pray or what to pray, the Spirit of God helps us and he intercedes for us. So to live in victory, we must pray and pray constantly and pray in the Spirit and pray on high alert. Look at verse 18 next. He says, and with this in view, praying, praying constantly, praying in the Spirit, be on the alert. So it points to the seriousness and the importance of prayer. Do you remember Jesus in the garden? What did he say to those disciples? Keep watching and 
praying that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, the flesh is what? Weak. And what did those disciples do on one, on two, on three occasions? <laughs> They're sleeping. Are they not just like us? They're just like us. And he says, come on. If you're not going to fall into temptation, you got to be watchful and you've got to be prayerful. Stay alert. Okay. Paul to the Colossian church said this in Colossians 4.2. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. I think many Christians are not devoted to prayer. And I think a lot of Christians, when they pray, aren't very alert when they pray. What, what does it mean to you if you're devoted to something? Okay, what does it mean? You put time into it. You put effort into it. You, you like it. Okay, you, you, you're just committed to it. So this is what he's saying. I want you to think about a hobby maybe that you have, something that you enjoy doing. I like to run. I'm a devoted runner, okay? I want you to think about something you enjoy doing. You're devoted to it. What stands out about that? What, what, what shows you that you're devoted to it? We talk, okay, you do it all the time, okay? You make the time for it. What else? Anything else? You talk about it. Research it. It's important to you. You don't do it halfway. Okay, these are all really good things. Now think about this in the context of prayer. What needs to change in my life so that I'm more devoted to prayer? And what needs to change today in your life so that you're devoted to prayer? Maybe we need to get up earlier in the morning. Maybe we need to stay up later at night. Maybe we need to start a prayer journal and start writing some things down. And then when God answers, you write the answer. Maybe we need to start actively asking people, what can I pray for you about? Um, you know, sometimes we're faithful to our Bible reading, but we're not faithful to prayer. Maybe we need to read our Bibles and then pray over the passage that we just read. Okay, how does that apply? Or pray before we read, you know? And so there's different ways that we can think through, I've got to be devoted to prayer. This is important for victory in my life. I must be devoted to prayer. So pray on high alert. Next thing he says is pray with perseverance. With this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. We've got some great illustrations of this in scripture with, with our Lord teaching us. Remember teaching about the widow who wouldn't go away from the judge? In Luke chapter 18, he told him a parable and this is what it says. He was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart. You ought to pray and what? not lose heart. So if you don't pray, there's a real temptation that you will lose heart. That's how important prayer is. There was a widow in the city, judge who didn't fear God, didn't respect men. 
She kept coming to him, give me legal protection from my opponent. And while he's unwilling, afterward he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or respect men, yet because this woman, this widow bothers me, I will give her legal protection. Otherwise, by continually coming, she will wear me out. Wear God out. He would love for you to do that. Wear God out with your prayers. Can you really wear God out? No, you can't. Then it says this, hear what the right unrighteous judge said, Jesus said, now will not God bring about justice for his elect who cry to him day and night and will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will bring about justice for them quickly. And then about the friend, you know, the friend in Luke chapter 11. Suppose one of you has a friend and he goes, he goes to him at midnight and he says, friend, lend me three loaves. A friend of mine has come to me from a journey. You have nothing to set before him. I show up here at your house tonight at midnight. Boom, boom, boom. Pastor Scott, go away. What is wrong with you, man? Boom, boom, boom. What do you want? I need a loaf of bread. <laughs> what? Are you kidding me? Well, you know, family came into town. Give me some loaf of bread. No, go away. Boom, 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 boom. I'm not going to stop knocking. What are you going to do? Call the cops. I know. <laughs> yeah, you're going to say, give the guy bread, whatever bread he wants. I don't care. Empty the pantry. I'm tired. I just want to go back to bed. I tell you, even though he won't get up and give him anything because he's a friend, yet because of his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And then you know these verses. So I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. That is persistence. Is there something in your life right now that you've stopped praying about? And God is saying, I didn't tell you to stop praying about that. I want you to persist. I know for me, it's my mom. I've witnessed to her for over 30 years. I want, her to, I want to see her come to faith, especially now that her memory's starting to slip. And every chance I'm talking to her about Jesus, you know. Is there someone in your life you need to be in prayer for more persistently, more, more, more faithfully? Is there something you need to pray about? Maybe, maybe it's a child. Maybe it's your job. Maybe it's health. I don't know. But don't stop praying. And, and, and then he says, in all petition, okay? Remember, that's the specific needs. Pray about those specifics, the details. And then he says, for all the saints. So it's not just praying about ourselves. It's really thinking about other people and saying, I need to pray for others. All the saints, any believer. One of the things I try to do, even on social media or when somebody comes up to me and says, would you pray? It's so easy. I'll say, yeah, I'll pray. But how easy it is for forget. So when someone asks me to pray, I pray right then. I pray with them and, and I lift them up to the Lord. And so I want to encourage you to do that too. You know, and like I said, even on social media, if somebody says pray, I, I pray. I pray right then because it's important. One last thing we see, pray, pray constantly, pray in the spirit, pray on high alert, pray with perseverance. And then look at verse 19 through 20. And pray on my behalf, this is interesting, that utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, for which I'm an ambassador in change that in proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. So the last thing I see here is pray for utterance and boldness. 
pray for utterance and boldness. Utterance is the right words. You ever pray for just the right words to say? Yeah, I had a lunch appointment today. It was over two hours. A man that I needed to confront on some things. He used to come to church here. He's made some really bad decisions. And I just went into that meeting saying, God, I need the right words. I need the right words. I, I need you to work. I need your spirit to work in his heart. I, I need to be strong, but yet I need to be gracious. I need the right words. So I think that's what this teaches. Pray for utterance. God, give me the right words to say this is a difficult situation at work or this is a difficult situation with a family member or this is, this is an important conversation that I need to have spiritually speaking about, about Jesus. God, would you give me the right words? That's what Paul is saying here. I, I love that Paul's asking this. This is the apostle Paul. Even he got nervous. Even he was afraid. Even he wasn't sure what to say or how to start a spiritual conversation sometimes. That's encouraging to me because you ever feel like that? Yeah, Paul does too. So do I. And so it's okay. He says, you know what? If Paul needs prayer, we all need prayer. So, so, and other people need prayer too. And so you ask God to give you utterance. All right. And I think it's so neat of all the things Paul could have prayed for. He could have prayed about his safety. He could have prayed about his housing. He could have prayed about his health. He could have prayed about his travel. And there's nothing wrong with praying about physical things. But he said, I'm going to focus on the spiritual. I want you to pray for me when it comes to the words I speak, spiritually speaking to others. We need to pray for each other this way. And then he says boldness, and the word is used twice. Make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel, that I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. And is it hard to speak boldly at times? Absolutely. I, I think all of us have that fear of man at times, and all of us, all of us can get discouraged. I got to tell you, this, this was a pretty discouraging week for me in some ways. And I, I don't share this to make you feel sorry for me, but I share this because I want you to pray for me. I preached on Sunday. Somebody got my number and they texted me how they didn't like my message to let me know I could have done a better job on this particular part. Sunday night I preach, I have a guy come forward, never met before, who goes after me on my message and confronts me on it and tells me what I said and you said this and that wasn't right. And I said, actually, I never said any of those things. And I said, don't put words in my mouth because I didn't say that. Um, then Monday morning, I find out a guy stopped by the church to berate me for gay bashing in my message on Sunday. Uh, well, thank you. But, but, but I'm just, so three things just from Sunday's message. Boom, boom, boom. Then the week before, it happened this past week, somebody lied about me on social media saying something in my sermon that I never said. And that was put on a public platform. And then another person that used to attend here, I was told was live streaming two weeks ago. And then they posted right after my message against what I just preached off. I'm just like, God, I need boldness. I need boldness. There was a man who used to be in our church who would take videos from the live stream and alter them to make it look like I was a heretic. He would take the videos of my sermons and do that. So, yeah, so there's some, there's, there's attack 
attacks against me as a pastor. There's attacks against Gary. There's attacks against our pastoral staff. So when I see Paul saying, pray for me, that utterance may be given and boldness, I know what he's saying. Because part of me just wants to be, see you later. <laughs> it, I mean, that's the human part of me. But I know God has called me to preach. And so I have to preach and I have to preach with boldness. Now, should I be scripturally accurate? Absolutely. And should I be held accountable for that? Absolutely. And I truly seek to do that. But attacks happen to pastors. They do. And so you need to pray for me and you need to pray for our staff. Okay. And he says, he says, even I'm an ambassador in change. He's, he's in change. He's a prisoner. And he's saying, I need boldness. I need boldness. He wants to continue to be bold, even though he's under persecution. Okay. And then it says this, in that proclaiming it, I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. I love this because the gospel demands boldness and the gospel deserves boldness. It demands boldness and it deserves boldness. So how do we get combat ready and live in victory? We got to pray. We got to pray constantly. We need to pray in the spirit. We need to pray on high alert. We need to pray with perseverance and we need to pray for utterance and boldness. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this incredible passage with the armor and prayer. And Lord, we need your help when it comes to prayer, to be devoted, to be disciplined, to have a plan of action that it can't be haphazard. And so I would just ask that you help us. We pray about our prayer, that you would help us to really be better and more devoted in prayer. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.